Welcome everyone to Authentically Speaking. Very special episode today. I have with me Susan Morrow. We are going to be talking about faith, strength, the power of community, and a very rare disease. Every time this one song comes on, I automatically think of Evelyn. So I'm going to leave you with a little piece of this song and then help me welcome Susan Morrow to Authentically Speaking. Like a small boat on the ocean Sending big waves into motion Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion And all those things I didn't say were wrecking balls inside my brain Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Authentically Speaking. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. Everyone I have with me today, Susan Morrow. Would you like to give our listeners a little bit of info about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, My name is Susan, and Keith Weiser and I together have Eliana, daughter who's five, a.k.a. El Cat. (laughs) And then we have um, our Evelyn, who is three. And I think that's who we're going to talk about today. Yeah, well, we're going to, I think we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. First of all, your videos of them at home (laughs) are, so I laugh, like, first of all, (laughs) the acting that goes on in there, she is something else. Um, We we don't have a quiet house, that's for sure. You know, and I don't think a lot of parents do, but it makes it so much fun. And you're so good with recording all of those moments that (laughs) really because you know one day you're going to look back on them when I mean we know how fast like time flies by so fast and I wish I recorded the way you the way you do because you truly capture like yeah you capture every pretty much I mean you probably don't think it's every moment from an outsider um you know going on you know and looking at your videos on Facebook it's like you capture every moment. It's something that I wish I did, you know? Oh, yeah. They, they are actually that entertaining. I do miss a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> it, they're always, they're always on. And how's their relationship? They get along great, right? They are each other's strength. Um, you know, they both have their weaknesses and, you know, they look for each other as young as they end. They are, they, they really look to each other um, to make, you know, to make themselves laugh or, you know, when they're upset, it's just such a beautiful thing to to witness. I'm so lucky that I can see the sister bond, you know? Yeah. You have, you're expecting. (laughs) We are expecting another girl. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. It's very exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah. And how do you feel? I feel good. Yeah. Um, I'm always out of breath, which you could probably tell. <laughs> I carry really big. I think Eliana was 11 pounds, and then Evelyn was 10'3". Oh, wow. So, 
This one's another big one. Wow, so which, what do you do? What do you do? May 1st. Oh, like soon. <laughs> yeah, not soon enough. Wow. Oh, and, and the girls are excited. Yes, they wanted another little girl, so. Oh, you know. How's Keith feeling? Good? He's excited? I'm sure he's more nervous than me. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know. yeah, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Evelyn? Actually, not a little bit. Tell us a lot about Evelyn. Well, Evelyn, my second little girl, was born with a very rare disease called Hurler's. And she, um, we didn't know anything until she was about six months. But what Hurler's is, it's um, a disease under the umbrella MPS. And um, MPS stands for micropolysaccharitosis. Um, it took me about two years to be able to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she has MPS1. Under MPS1 are three different forms, and she has hurlers. So out of the three, hurlers is the worst. And she basically was born without an enzyme within her cell that we all have that breaks down sugars, also mm -hmm. known as GAGs. Um, and our bodies are able to secrete these sugars, not sugars we eat. They're just the natural sugars in our bodies, um, again, also called GAGs. And our bodies are able to secrete them uh, naturally on like a recycling um, basis. But Evelyn lacks that enzyme, so she does not break down these sugars, or at least she wasn't before she had a transplant. Um, what kind of transplant did she have? She had an umbilical cord blood transplant. Okay. So it's um, uh, because she can't break down these sugars, the gags store within the cells, within the tissues, within the organs. And uh, it just wants to create organ failure, cell damage, tissue damage. Uh, and eventually its goal is to kill. So if you don't do anything um, such as a cord blood transplant, they will die by the age of three. Oh. Yes. Very scary. Um, so we, um, actually, it doesn't have to be a cord blood. They can have a bone marrow transplant as well, which is similar to a cord blood. Um, and how, Evelyn had which, which one? She had a cord blood. We, we opted for cord blood. Um, we did research with a lot of... Um, you know, going back and forth, were we going to, so Duke Children's Hospital uh, is one of the leading hurler uh, hospitals in the world. Um, and they did the first umbilical cord blood transplant about 20 years ago in 1988. And it was Dr. Kurtzenberg, a woman who um, did the first umbilical cord blood transplant. And she's been doing them for 20 years. However, it hasn't caught on, I am, unfortunately. And not a lot of hospitals even knew about it when Evelyn was diagnosed. So when we were diagnosed from CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, they wanted to do bone marrow transplant. And they were going to use Eliana, her older sister's bone marrow, who was a match. And um, we were going that route. And then we started researching Duke Children's Hospital. There's another family. Um, who uh, they had a little boy, Joey, 
from New Jersey. There weren't many children diagnosed in New Jersey mm -hmm. uh, with hurlers. I think Ellie, uh, Evelyn was around fourth, the fourth one, but um, that I know of. But um, Joey uh, had passed away. He had gone down to Tuke Children's Hospital um, for cord blood uh, for whatever complications he had passed. But there was another family from Brick um, who had a little girl and they followed suit. And she is doing exceptional right now. And so when we had, when we were diagnosed seven years later, we had heard about this family who is now our, our family. Um, we went over to their house. Of course, they welcomed us with open arms. And there was this beautiful little girl. Um, and uh, her name is Leah. And I just looked at her and she was around seven or eight. And I said, oh, if, if, you know, I can get a little bit of that, then. All right. We had a little bit of technical difficulty there. <laughs> so you were, I'm, this happens often. It could have been your phone, could have been my phone, who knows. Um, so you were talking about um, the family that you met, the seven-year-old. Yep. I'm not sure where I was, where I left off. You just said if you could get a little bit of that when you first met her. Right, right. She, um, right, because of what we were uh, seeing on the internet wasn't, um, you know. Positive. Well, right, right. Yeah. So uh, that, that's where we went. And we literally were diagnosed. Um, and I think it was, God, I, I barely remember. It's amazing what your brain blocks. But I think it was five days later, we locked our doors. We got a budget truck, filled it with whatever we thought we might need. And we went down there. Oh, wow. Good for you. And how is she, yeah. how is she doing today? So she's doing great. We had, um, we had a, a lot of complications post-transplant, but that uh, it took us about two and a half years to come out of transplant, which is common. Um, even surviving transplant, there's a 20% chance that she wouldn't have made it um, through the transplant. So we made it through the transplant. We made it through the, the bumps of post-transplant. And we are just as last week, um, we went down for our two and a half year post-transplant follow-up at Duke Children's. And she is a hundred percent donor and she is, her body is finally producing the enzyme that she could never produce, which is oh, fantastic. That's great news. It's, it's amazing news. Uh, there is no promise with a, with a cord blood transplant, but um, she's defying all odds. She yeah. still has the disease. There's no cure. And she'll need many, many surgeries. Um, but she's alive and she's a sassy little three-year-old and I'll take it. Yeah, she's, she's so cute. Well, I, you know, my next question, um, and I strongly believe, and I know you all do, but you believe in a higher power. Yes. Yes. The power of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I, I credit my amazing community. I call them the Evelyn prayer warriors, um, <laughs> AKA Manasquan warriors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think, you know, we, we joke about it, Keith and I, that um, God or an higher power, whoever it may be, 
um, up there around us uh, must have been bombarded with these Evelyn prayers. <laughs> yeah. Whoever it was thought, I got to look down on this kid because I am just overflowing with these prayers and energy. And I know that you were one of the first people to step up and do, you know, the, the flow for Evelyn. Um, and I, I believe that energy flows where your attention goes. So yeah. it's just, it's, she just had so many people. I think it shocked, it shocked the community. It shocked, you know, we live in such a small area that you don't hear about stuff like this. It's true. Because we live, we do live in a, in a bubble and it's very rare that you hear about right things like this. So we're, you know, when anything like that happens, storms, illnesses, like everybody does truly come together. So, you know, right. I think it's such, it's, it's, that's, that's power right there. And, you know, you can't, right. it's hard to come by. So it, it is, we, we're yeah. so lucky. We, we credit, you know, her success, uh, definitely to the community and the community's prayers. Um, you know, we live in such a small bubble. Yes. But we live in such a, um, devoted, you know, uh, faithful community that, you know, we're lucky that so many people from our area believe in something yeah. that they were, you know, gracious enough to share their prayers. Yeah, and, and they were it works. It definitely works. I mean, she's yeah. a testament for it for sure. So what is your definition of community? My definition of community, I mean, for me, I think it's very deep. Um, I think my community came together for me like a family. Um, you know, my family doesn't live locally anymore. So I didn't have that family to lean on. Um, and we really leaned on our community, um, not just for prayers. They did a huge fundraiser for her at Leggett Sandbar in Manasquan. Um, people were uh, I, I, sh- sending gifts. I mean, she received probably a box a day um, okay. from somebody back home Um somebody was always calling me to check in every day to just say, Hey, how are you doing? When we got home, people were cooking us dinners and um, you know, we had a lot of post transplant visits at chop, which took me away from Eliana. So people were always offering to pick her up from school to take her to dance. I mean, it was just amazing. And I honestly, I don't know what I would have done without it. It, it, it was, it carried us this, this yeah. community. It's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So it's three years already, right? Three, she's three. Two and a half years we are post-transplant. So it'll be three years in July. We call it her rebirth. Mm-hmm. And she was given, you know, someone donated their umbilical cord six years prior to her being born. So you talk about, you know, belief of a higher power, she, her perfect match was also found at Duke. So if we had not gone down to Duke Children's Hospital, she would not have gotten a perfect match. <laughs> her match was better than her sister. Wow. So, yeah, it, it, again, something pushed us there. Something pushed us to get down there. Our community backed us and got behind us and said, you know, well, don't worry about your house. Don't worry about whatever. They got us down there. 
she had a perfect match to somebody that was born six years prior to her. Wow. It just all came together. And, and how long were you down there for? We were down there a year. Wow. We were in complete isolation uh, for about four months. And then uh, about six months after that, we had, to, you know, we were able to get an apartment. All right, we are back with Susan Morrow. So, Sue, can you define strength for me? In your strength. in your eyes, like how do you define strength? Um, wow, that's a that's a deep question for me. Um, because I feel like, you know, I I, I see that quote all the time. You never know how strong you are until you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly was something that that hit home recently. But I've I've grown. I think strength is growing. Uh, strength is also a choice. Like I believe happiness is a choice. And I think you know strength is your ability to actually show weakness to be okay with crying and screaming and allowing your emotions to surface. Mm-hmm. You know, being you know authentic with your emotions. I think you know it's it's. It just means acknowledging your emotions, but, but really being able to have the power to pull yourself out of that, allowing yourself to have the emotions, but then moving on the ability to, to move on and recognize that you're having mm-hmm. a moment, pull yourself together, change your direction, you know, choose not to stay in that moment. And to just know that you, it's, it's in your power that strength is, is, is up now, to what you. keeps you as strong, I mean, you're s- strong, like as a, 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 you know, a parent going through this um, with her child, how do you keep it together on a daily basis? Um, you know, I keep it moving. Um, of course, I have my, my weaknesses. I mean, that's natural. You know, those moments where I, I mean, I cry at the drop of a hat now, right. <laughs> I think, because when, when you see it, your child sick, it, it goes down and it, it touches deep. Um, you know, I, I've seen things when, when I lived in isolation, a lot of these kids didn't make it. I heard things. Um, so I think if you wallow there, it, it's dangerous. And, you know, I have to live day by day. I can't think too far ahead because that's scary and I'll just go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just have to live in each moment. I cherish each moment. You know, we started off talking about, I capture, you know, <laughs> what seems to be every moment of my girls, um, probably because uh, I know that it can be taken away. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for every day that I get with Evelyn. You know, she's not cured. There's no guarantees, but there's no guarantees for yeah. anybody. No, it's true. Whether you have a disease or not, you just never know. Right. You never know. Uh, so it makes me all get, you know, and I just want, now I wish I could record my kids, but when they become teenagers, they don't want, they don't even want their picture taken anymore. <laughs> so that's why I said earlier that I just wish that I recorded them more. But again, like, you know, when you're in survival mode at certain points, times in your life, I didn't think to do it. So I'll just, continue to watch your videos to put the smile on my face so um 
Eliana, Eliana thinks she has fans. Wait, so, do you, you know, did you create a YouTube channel for her? Because you should. I did. Oh, I'm going to follow it. What is it? <laughs> she has a whole 30 subscribers. Wait, what's the name? I'm going to follow her. She's uh, hashtag Jersey Elcat. You can find her there. I, I believe it's under Eliana Miser, but I, I think you can find her Jersey Elcat. I'm not really that tech savvy. I seem to be, but I'm not. Wait, that <laughs> so, is... I know that I'll have to oh, monitor. She'll, definitely, she'll become Instagram famous for sure, or YouTube famous for that matter. She's, she says when we go to the park and I'm just talking to somebody random, she goes, is that one of my, oh my, my fans? <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she's a lot oh, bigger. She's the cutest thing. And I tell her that she's got my vote for president, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her, her first change is no bullying, no she bullying. says. I saw that one. It was great. And she gets in your face. <laughs> she is. Oh, oh the head bobbing. Yeah. We're oh, working on so that. Cute. So you've attended different universities. What do your daughters teach you uh-huh. every day that your education has not? Well, I, I always say, you know, what you what you learn out in the world, you can never learn in the classroom. Um, don't get me wrong, school's great. I went to seven different universities. I lived abroad. Um, I think doing all that gave me the confidence to know that I can, you know, complete something, accomplish something. Um, school gives you the ABCs, the one, two, threes. But I think um, my girls have taught me way more first of all they're way stronger than I could ever be but um they taught me depth to life um and you can't be taught that in in a classroom just it the classroom was surface level thing mm-hmm. my my daughters they're just depth just you know how to love how to really love how to really pull things together when you think you can't you have to you know they taught yeah. me strength Wow. That's, it's so true. Like with school, like they need to, they don't teach compassion and kindness and love and strength, you know, all of those things. They should have one or multiple classes for that. Although I don't know if I would want a random teaching my kids that, but. (laughs) Well, I mean, also experienced teachers. So you can't have experiences in the classroom. Someone can't tell you what it's like to have your heart broken until you have your heart broken you know it, it's that it's the light that lessons. just yeah 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 the purity of just experiencing things and some experiences are definitely harder than others so as you know right yeah. but it, if you don't learn from them then then what right. was the point yeah now do you journal or you do you write everything you know, I journal to my babies. So I started to journal my first pregnancy. Um, and you know, the reason why this is, I always say um, pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis, almost like the Bible, how it was like A, B and, and A, D or <laughs> I'm not the most polished Same on my here. Bible, but, um, <laughs> but I have, you know, a life before diagnosis and a life after. And you know, I started writing a journal for my first Eliana um, because I was afraid of having a girl in those teenage years of slamming doors, you know, her one day telling me she hates me. I thought that's, that'll be the day I'll give her the journal. 
and show her how much I love her and wanted her and planned for her. I love that. (laughs) I had to keep it up with the second. So of course with the third, you know, so I do journal to them. Um, But I I don't, I should probably, I mean, I'm sure I need therapy after all this too. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, you know, I'm sitting here saying, Mary Beth, that was such a silly question. How could you possibly even have the time to record everything that's been going on the past three years. You know, that's, you have so many other, other. No, I definitely didn't write anything down, but it's, it's embedded in my mind forever. Um, you know, the, the scars are there, the scars are real. And, but I, I feel like I've taken so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I went through mm-hmm. anger, you know, with God. Um, and that always gets me emotional when I talk about that, because I, I do feel bad about that. I, I was angry um, at him or how could he do this? You know, I was I was the perfect child. You know, I was the one that graduated college. I was the one that, you know, took care of my sick father and helped my mother with my brothers. And um, it was it was finally my turn. Um, that's how I felt uh, like yeah. entitled. Like, I hate like a wine that I yeah. 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 Um, and I went through that emotion and, and I thank God through it with the help of um, really faithful friends um, who helped just listen and and knew that I would someday come around. And I did. And, and I think from this experience, I've seen so much more beauty than I have mm-hmm. ugliness, which you would think seeing all these sick kids and, you know, my, my daughter's debilitating disease and she's not gonna you know get better she's as she grows she's gonna have more problems um but through that I'm still able to see that she's just so amazing and that God gave her to me and how lucky am I right that's a good way of looking at it and you know she's very lucky to have you as a mom yeah thank you you know a lot of people wouldn't be able to get through it and most people maybe you know other people what made you get in the van and go to duke you know if you didn't do that what what i mean no what ifs but you know you're you're meant to be her mom for sure so thank you i feel i feel like the lucky one and keith has he's a great dad right he's good with the whole yeah He's hands on. They have him wrapped around their finger. So the poor guy. We always joke he's this big bald tattooed guy that is like doing everything these little blonde girls tell him to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's got no say. The uh, poor guy. <laughs> that is too funny. I could see that too. Although he's not on video all that much. <laughs> He's probably out getting them ice cream or whatever Walgreens toy it was that they said oh, they that's wanted. Too cute. <laughs> now, is she is Evelyn on any like a restricted diet or anything like that? Like, what are what what are things that she can do she, and can't do, or she can do everything? Uh, well, so she went through uh, chemotherapy, and it was an adult. They haven't really made ch- child chemo yet. It's being put through trials, but anyway, she had adult chemo. So it, it tore her insides up pretty good. Um, so there's side effects of that. The first side effect being that you lose all your taste buds. And after you get off chemo, they slowly grow back. 
the first taste bud being salt. So, you know, you crave like they always say that the, the chemo kids like McDonald's French fries and mm-hmm. things like that. And of course, that's what she mm-hmm. loves. Um, so then like she had she had like a leaky stomach caused from all the chemo. So the way they explained it to us, it feels like you've had a Thanksgiving meal every day, all day, yeah. that, that uncomfortable full feeling. So she's battling that now. We have her on medication for that. We are totally fine if she survives on potato chips, pizza, yeah. <laughs> chicken nuggets. I mean, the fact that she's eating, a lot of these kids still have feeding tubes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, was pretty adamant about her eating right away. I think it was a few days after her last chemo session. I took a syringe like that, you know, children's Tylenol mm-hmm. comes with. Just started um, pushing uh, Pediasure into her mouth, um, trying to kind of coat the esophagus lining and um, her stomach. And I really think that that's um, what kept the feeding tubes away from her because those were brutal. She had a feeding tube down her nose and uh, whenever she would throw up, it would come up and you have to stick, stick it back in. And it was just a nightmare. So I thought right away, I'm going to get this kid to eat. I don't mm. care what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but she's going to eat. And she did. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, she's eating. And now we're just battling. Is it because she's not feeling good that she only wants, you know, the good stuff? You know, when you're not feeling good, you want that greasy uh, right. food. Or is she just pulling my Now, chain? does she communicate <laughs> with you if she's hungry or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's talking. She's, yeah, no, I don't want that. I want pizza, you know. So she has an appetite. She's a very normal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's, so the other thing I probably should have explained, the difference between bone marrow and cord blood is um, the cord blood cells are from a newborn baby. And those cells are young and they want to go to the problem and they want to fix it. So they are fast, furious, and they can cross the brain barrier which is something that a lot of the bone marrow cannot do in these kids. Or do as well, I should say. So um, she, thank God to cord blood, is cognitively there. She is a-okay. And, you know, we were, that's all we hoped and prayed for was, so she's going to be in a wheelchair. That's okay, you know. As long as she can talk to us and she can tell us she loves us. We'll and it. she's what? And why? So that, you know, like she's she's physical right now. Like she walks, right? She's got mobility. Yeah. She does. It's it's not the best. She can she can go for about six minutes um, before she tires. Okay. So she she's um, and then as they grow, like she has hip dysplasia already. Um, she has uh, knocked knees, so her kneecaps are starting to spin inward. She, so it's a joint issue as well. Um, so her her ankles are very stiff. Um, and she's just in pain. It's like an arthritic-type pain that she feels. Um, she, it's, she has a tough, tough time getting up and down. You know, it's kind of like an 80-year-old person, you know? It's an owie when she moves. Um, stairs. She can't really do. She needs help. She needs yeah. assistance. And then as she grows, 
you know, her hip dysplasia will get worse. Her knees will get worse. So, you know, we'll, if we get a wheelchair, we get a wheelchair, right. you know, yes. thing now when she's in, in pain, does she, does she verbalize? Like, I know she talks and stuff, but does she cry? Like, does, is she like an excruciating yeah. pain? She says, mommy, it hurts. The other day we were at the park and she said, I want to play, but it hurts. <laughs> and it, of course, my heart was like torn out of my chest. Um, it still gets me emotional. Uh, no. I know, it's okay to cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was really upsetting, yeah. of course. Um, she'll, she'll get to the top of whatever she's climbing and then she'll sit down and she'll say, I'm just going to rest. <laughs> and she'll sit at the top of the jungle gym or whatever and watch the kids for a while. Um, I, we have a big backyard and so all the neighborhood kids are always over playing. And I look out the window and I see her just kind of sitting in her little chair. I have a chair for her. I have a chair in like every corner for uh-huh. her. <laughs> so if she wants to stop and rest. And she does. And she knows those are her chairs. And she'll sit and watch the other kids. I can tell she wants to be running like them, but she can't. No, that's okay. That's okay. But she knows what's she's she's so strong she knows when to stop and sit in her chair right yeah she doesn't push herself to where she gets and that's amazing she's three years old i mean i know adults that don't know how to listen to their bodies you know know. so she's incredible she really is she's god's gift she's an angel here on earth she's just she's got such a great attitude i mean (laughs) We were at the dentist with Eliana the other day. Eliana's got a loose tooth and she's getting cleaning. And she's, Eliana's screaming, bloody murder. <laughs> you know, and Evelyn's, you should have seen her face looking at her sister like, what is wrong with you? You're just getting a tooth cleaned. <laughs> and I kept taking pictures of Evelyn's face. Oh, my <laughs> because she just thought, Gosh, that's nothing. She is the pure definition you know? of strength. Evelyn, yeah. Thank you. I yeah. think so too. She's the definition of strength for sure. So I don't. She has. She has. She what? No, that's okay. Sorry. She still has her port. She gets a infusion, um, home infusion for her immune system because we're not vaccinated yet. Um, so we have to keep her immune system up and. The home nurse can't believe it. she just sticks that needle right in and she's Evelyn barely flinches. It's just so oh, good. That's amazing. She's, she's a strong one. So what, where are they with like this disease and what can our listeners do to help? Oh, great question. Thank you. Um, I feel like we are, on the breaking point of something huge as far as stem cell mm-hmm. research. Um, uh, I think just be conscious of who you're voting for. Um, it is stem cell research is no longer <laughs> cloning goats. Um, the United States is one of the last countries to get on board with this. Um, a lot of our athletes are that, you know, need knee surgery. They're going to other countries to get stem cells injected in their knees. Um, geriatric patients are not getting these hip surgeries that you need rods placed into your hips like we do here in the United States. They're going to Panama and being injected with cord blood uh, cells. These newborn baby cells 
want to fix, you know, the geriatric patient hips. It's, this is why we are. Yeah. Um, are okay. you there? Sorry, I heard a, a noise. Um, this third baby is a perfect match to Evelyn. Um, we went through IVF and genetic testing because Perlers is caused by two recessive genes. So it came from both parents. So having another baby is 20%. Evelyn's specific mutation is one in 250,000. Oh. Um, I forgot to mention that before. It's just so rare. The fact that Keith and I even met or even were in the same room to have two people together with, you know, one in 250,000. That's, yeah. that's pretty, you know, those odds. So if we were to have another child, the odds of having another Perler's child is 20%, which was too much for us. But then we weren't sure if, what Evelyn's future is. I didn't want Eliana to grow up without a sibling if something were to happen to Evelyn. Um, and in addition, I wanted, you know, Evelyn's lifespan as of right now is not going to be, you know, mm -hmm. what we expect um, as, as normal. Mm -hmm. I hate that word normal. Um, probably in her teens or early 20s. Um, but you never know because there's so much out there. So I, I don't even like to say that. But we didn't want Eliana mm -hmm. to be alone in life either. So we started talking about another child, IV IVF. And then the doctor started telling us, you know, there's so much going to change in the next 20 years. You could get a match to Evelyn. So we did. Long story short, this baby is a perfect match to Evelyn, also an HLA match, which means the cells are identical. So we will store this cord blood and pray and hope that the United States can get on board with stem wow. cell research and find a cure for MPS, not just MPS, but a lot of rare genetic diseases. You know, China is doing gene editing and the United States is stopping China from doing it. It's gene therapies and gene editing we really need to pay attention mm -hmm. to who we're voting for because there's so much out there that can be yeah, cured. And see, doing, like, me having you on here, I'm learning so much from you right now. And by doing this is really spreading, because I'm sure so many people don't know all of this that's going on. You know, and, and, don't, and I appreciate you letting me Yeah, talk. it just, it's, I had no idea about, any of what you just talked about none and you know how right. really would I I mean I really don't watch the news all that much because I find it depressing um but I I wouldn't have right. known you know I I, I wouldn't have so, yeah Why would I, you? I mean, we have we, we had um we went to a lot of genetic counseling so we found out a lot about our own genes in the process of this and we had a lot of geneticists asking us to see pictures of Evelyn because they had only read about the disease in books. Oh, my. So when you have doctors, um, you know, CHOP had only had four. I'm sorry, three. When Evelyn was their third um, hurler cases, and they've had four since, but two had transferred out. And, you know, so it, it it's not a known thing, but it should be. It, <laughs> because it should be. It's not just MPS. Yeah, this is uh, many rare diseases that can be cured through, you know, um, stem cells and cord, umbilical cords. They're throwing them out. 
if you're pregnant, ask your OB where you can donate. Uh, they don't make it easy in the United States to donate your cord. Um, they don't allow shoppers, they call them, to come in and talk to the mothers. But I'm sure uh, most women would, of course, give their cord. It's, it's They're not going to clone right. your baby. Right. They, just, they just want those fresh cells that can fix them. And save lives, right? Save lives, yes. I mean, like I said, our athletes are going abroad to fix their eyesight using this these umbilical cord blood cells. They're being injected into their eyes and they're fixing vision. They're fixing hearing. I mean, it, it go, we can continue on and on and eventually get cured. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, we're going to, are there links? Like, do you have any, are there links to any specific site that you go on that people could read about that or like? No, I mean, I'm just, what I, I share links on my okay. Facebook page uh, as I come across them. There was one that just came out a couple days ago um, that uh, an umbilical cord blood, they think, has cured AIDS in London. Uh, they did it to a man and he's been um, no symptoms or anything for an entire year, but they can't say he's cured. But this just happened. And this article came out, uh, gosh, two days ago. Wow. <laughs> so do you yeah. see how new? I am, I get, of course, I'm sure you can tell by my energy, I get so passionate about it because look right. at that that yeah, was two days ago you did just go like whoa like <laughs> right when you well you're you're determined I and I don't you know I'm sure there's so many listen this podcast is I'm hoping that it it reaches like so many people just to hear this because you never you never Thanks. know who you're going yeah. who's going to be listening to it who's maybe going through the same thing that you are, but they don't know what to do because maybe they don't have a strong community. Maybe they don't have the resources. So, right. right. You know, um, I thank you very, very much. There are, I can't thank you enough for letting me talk. Um, I'm sure we could have a whole nother podcast on stem cell research. No, we should definitely. <laughs> thank you for letting me share yeah, my story. Course. And we'll definitely, you know, I would, do, I would do another one for sure. Um, so thank you. And, you know, I always, like I said, I'm always watching um, your videos. I'm not like creeping, but I just, they, they always pop up on my feed. But you know what? There are times when, you know, I'm feeling down. My kids are teenagers and they're never around anymore. And I love to watch them. Like it, it makes such a smile on my Good. face every day. So I always worry if I'm oversharing because I Can am I an overshare. <laughs> If somebody tells you that, it don't let can you know what you're doing it. You want these memories, and you don't don't lose them. So I'm like, so if people don't want to watch, they'll unfollow you, or they're on. They're not going to unfriend you, but they'll they just they'll unfollow you. You know, so they you don't see the feed. But I love watching it, and everyone out there, it it just brings a smile to my face. So I thank you for that, and um. Tell your girls that I will be watching them on YouTube because when I hang up, I'm going to go on and I'm going to start uh, start following them for sure. But good luck with the new feed. Good luck with the new baby. And I can't wait to see pictures. And I hope all goes well. And I will be thinking of all of you as always. So thank you. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for reaching out to me. 
And thank you for being one of the first people to step up um, and do the flow for Evelyn, which was a beautiful oh, thing. My, my never absolute forget. pleasure. And anytime you need anything, just give us a shout. All right. Thanks. Okay. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.